Welcome to Olden Code Crimes. My main focus is on true crime, including code cases, disappearances, and murders. The purpose of this podcast is not just to talk about the crimes, but to keep them alive and, with your help, solve some along the way. You can follow me on social media in the links in the description, and if you have case suggestions, you can email them to odencodecrimes at gmail.com. Maybelle Dawson was born on June 29, 1929 in Lexington, Kentucky, and graduated from Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School. She relocated from Lexington to Jefferson Township, Ohio, about 10 miles southwest of Dayton, with her two young daughters. She attended school to become a key punch operator, but finding work in that field was difficult. She worked as a homemaker, elevator operator, department store sales clerk, and in a factory. She got a job in environmental services at Miami Valley Hospital and worked there for 12 years until she retired in 1996. Maybelle Dawson went missing on January 3, 1998, at the age of 68. She was last seen entering her second-floor apartment, number 218, at the Martin Luther Manor Living Center at 1453 Liscombe Drive in Jefferson Township, Ohio, at approximately 9.30 p.m. She was wearing a tan jogging suit. Miss Dawson lived in the two-story, 50-unit brick complex located near a wooded area for a little over a year prior to her disappearance. She was very close to her family. She had two daughters, Tanya and Shalondia, a son, Rick, and grandchildren. Her son, Rick, said she was a good old country girl. She hosted large family gatherings and loved cooking for family and friends. Soon her love spilled over to her neighbors and the community. Reverend Robert Jones, the pastor of College Hill Community Church, where Miss Dawson attended, remembered her fondness for children in particular. He said she loved them and especially wanted to help them. According to the pastor, the children attended church because of her. They loved her as much as she loved them. She made them feel comfortable and safe. They lovingly called her the hand-washing lady because it was the one thing she constantly taught them. She volunteered for two years at the Dayton Urban Ministry Center, a nonprofit organization that offered summer camp and after-school programs for children. The computer room at the center has a plaque hanging on the wall in dedication to Miss Dawson. It reads, Her greatest ambition was that every child would be able to read. She was gentle and compassionate. She not only wanted to help kids, but anyone who was in need. By all accounts, Miss Dawson was kind, gentle, and loved everyone. This made her disappearance even more puzzling for friends, family, and investigators. Tanya's husband, Mike, said he took Miss Dawson to her apartment on Friday between 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Her youngest daughter, Shalandia, visited her mother that Friday evening. They made plans for Shalandia to pick her up on Sunday so they could spend a couple of days together. That was the last time they spoke. 
Mike said he talked to Maybell on the phone on Saturday, January the 3rd, between noon and 2 p.m. He asked her to go to church with him on Sunday. She said she didn't feel like going. That was the last time anyone in her family spoke to her. Shalondia tried to call her a couple times on Sunday, but got no answer. She didn't think anything of it because it wasn't unusual for her mother to relax and fall asleep. On Monday, January the 5th, 1998, Shalondia tried calling her mother while at work, but still no one answered. Later that day, Shalondia received a call from the apartment manager after she found the apartment empty. The manager told her that something seemed off and asked her to come to the apartment. Her family went that same day and nothing seemed out of place. The door was even locked. Her winter coat was draped over a chair. Her purse was on the coffee table with her wallet, money, and credit cards inside. There was also a rent check post dated for January the 8th, 1998. After repeated attempts to contact their mother with no response and seeing the apartment, Maybell's family reported her missing on January 5th, 1998. Police suspected foul play. The apartment showed no signs of forced entry. There was no sign of a struggle or blood that would indicate she was attacked inside the apartment. No evidence indicated that she was lured from the premises. The fact that her personal and financial items were left at the apartment indicated to investigators that if she had left, she planned on returning. One piece of evidence in particular baffled investigators. Her coat. She left her coat on a chair inside the apartment, but it was cold outside. According to Weather Underground, the high temperature was 55 and the low was 44. The temperatures would rise over the next few days, but only barely into the 60s. So it didn't make sense that she didn't have her coat with her. Investigators searched every apartment in the complex. They interviewed all residents as well as staff. One neighbor said they saw Ms. Dawson returning from her mailbox late Saturday afternoon. But that was the last time she saw Ms. Dawson or heard any noises coming from her apartment. Police searched Possum Creek, Arthur Fisher Park, Infirmary Road, and Route 4. They sent out helicopters and dogs. They covered several miles and searched every square inch of it. Investigators obtained her phone, bank, and utility records. None of her accounts, funds, or bank account was accessed after she vanished. Investigators contacted her family outside of Ohio, and they had not heard from her either. Family and friends said she always told her children where she was going. It was not like her to disappear without warning. They assumed someone had to harm her because for her to leave and not contact her family was unthinkable. Miss Dawson didn't drive and would often ride the bus, but she always told someone where she was going. Her oldest child, Tanya, said it was like someone had snapped their fingers and she disappeared into thin air. For her to leave or feel she needs to leave was totally out of character for her.
The family was allowed to keep Ms. Dawson's apartment for three months during the investigation before management told them it had to be cleared out. Ms. Dawson's children petitioned the court to have her declared legally dead. On June 18, 2003, five and a half years after her disappearance, a Montgomery County probate court judge granted the family's request. Shalandia passed away in 2009, and Tanya passed away in 2017 without knowing what happened to their mother. Her son Rick and other family members are still searching for answers, as are police. The case remains unsolved and is still considered active. If you have any information regarding this case, please contact the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office. That's it for this episode of Odin Code Crimes. If you have information regarding this case, contact details are in the description. Please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for this case and others with images, videos, news releases, and more. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.